To the conspiracy curious, the highly sceptical, the generally bewildered and other refugees from the post-truth era, welcome to episode 4 of the Informed Paranoia podcast. Offering thoroughly examined conspiracy content free of hatred, ridicule or blind faith. For anyone who's ever wanted to know what's down there, we brave the rabbit hole so you don't have to. I'm your uninformed host, uh, Locke, and we start every episode uh, admitting uh, to an irrational belief. So an irrational belief that I hold is that we actually are living at some unique point in history, some age of Aquarius thing. I don't know. It's just a sense that I have that this is a qualitative, quali- qualitatively different period, different change in human history. But I mm. can't explain why. No, I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> you, you can't think of a reason why the, <laughs> think the of it. word world <laughs> culture has shifted dramatically in recent times. <laughs> yeah, I have to I break it to you, Lot. <laughs> <laughs> but my, the sceptic in me wants to say, but that's just your perception. Everyone in history probably thinks the same thing. That they're living, but, yeah. But I still think, nah, this is different. Yeah. We're it's different. Like, like is, when the, the media said we were living through an unprecedented crisis. Exactly. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, no, plagues and global emergencies are precedented. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But I'm actually with you on this one. Mm. Um, not to on get, what grounds? On, on the grounds that last night I was watching Oliver Stone's The Doors, mm. which I maintain is a decent movie, mm. um, and it creates this atmosphere that the 60s, especially towards the end, was a time when reality was shifting. Right. Okay. Um, and I kind of have that feeling now. Okay, not not just perceptions shifting, but the way people interact is shifting. I think we're in some very weird territory. Okay. Yeah, very and good. it's it's not yep. the age of Aquarius. It's the age of the pangolin. <laughs> and I, I'm not looking forward to it. The pangolin and climate change. Yeah, yeah. There you go. yes, yes. <laughs> Roasted pangolin <laughs> for the foreseeable future. <laughs> All right, Matt, your turn. Um, I am, what am I? I am an armchair historian um, and conspiracy theory semi-obsessive. Um, and I believe that following the advice in your horoscope is an effective means of self-improvement, even mm-hmm. if you don't believe in astrology. Right. So the the cathartic element of it, the self-reflective, the navel-gazing can be productive. Yeah. Well, the, the, the sceptic in me wants to say that because horoscopes are nonsense um mm. the safest thing for them to do is to give you bland good advice so mm. following that advice as seen in your horoscope can do you nothing but but good how's that an irrational belief then oh okay but <laughs> i guess i don't not. know if that qualifies yeah, i think your irrational belief was the fact that you thought it was an irrational belief <laughs> yeah maybe maybe that's the irrational belief is the justification <laughs> The but irrational then, belief, Matt, is that you think that you're not rational. There you go. Irrational <laughs> okay. every step of the way. All right. I can still <laughs> I can still claim some semblance of skepticism. Every episode I feel it slipping yep. away. Very good. All right, um, enough rambling. So let's get into the content, Matt. We're talking this is episode two of uh, Moloch and the Bohemian Grove. We're kind mm-hmm. of ditching Moloch though. Moloch is uh, being consigned to history a little bit for the podcast. Yeah. Um, and you're going to take us down a bit more over the rabbit hole of the Bohemian Grove. So, 
Um, for those who would like to a bit of a refresher, let me just give you a quick overview of what the Bohemian Grove is. It's a real place, unlike what I thought when we started the episode uh, last week. I thought Matt was just having me on. No. Um, but no, it is a is a real place. I've peeled lock. He believes in the grove. He's green peeled. <laughs> so it was effectively... Um, a place where members of a political and business elite meet once a year for a secret exclusive gathering on a private tract of land secluded in the redwood forests of California. Mm. So former U.S. presidents Nixon, Reagan, Bush had attended, speakers of the House, CIA directors, military contractors, and they use it to conduct significant business deals, including the stealth bomber program. Uh, the gatherings tr- transcended ideological and national boundaries, and they were exclusively male and boozy, basically a bucks night for the elites, Matthew. Yeah. Um, the gatherings included chanting ritualistic phrases such as, the owl is his leafy temple, let all within the grove be reverent before him. Mm-hmm. And the climax of the gathering was a ritualistic performance in which robed attendees bearing torches on a pagan deities and burn an effigy in the shape of a human figure. So that's that's yeah. this is a real event that happens every year still. Began in the 60s, did you say? Uh no, it's older than that. It goes back older. to almost the 19th century. I can't can't give you an exact date. But Mark yeah. Twain was a that's founding right. member. That's right. Okay. And the the um Bohemian Grove which is the meeting spot and ceremony for members mm. of San Francisco's Bohemian Club. The, the Grove element's been there pretty, from pretty early on, is my understanding. Okay. So it's so. a shady, boozy evening, and we're going to go sort of behind the scenes. Yes. Matthew, you're taking us yeah. on a trip. Don't forget the, the hoods, Grove. Lachlan. The hoods are essential <laughs> to the... The hoods and the torches are essential yeah. to the spookiness um, of the Grove. Um, I feel like we should host a Bohemian Grove tribute night at some point. In the oh, future. dude. Anyway, we'll take that offline. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, wait, wait till the end of the episode because um, I'll tell you how, how I feel about the Grove before mm. we plan one of our own. Mm. Um, but, yeah, hood's in the woods. I'm mm. down. I'm down. <laughs> just nothing wrong not, with it. Just not male only. Yeah, okay. Yes, that, that would be one element. You know me so well, Lachlan. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, usually away, we, we have a claim that we're trying to debunk. Or, mm. or not not trying to debunk, try, we're investigating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say the claim for this week is actually from me. Mm. And the claim is that um, the Alex Jones visit to Bohemian Grove is an excellent way of examining the psychological phenomenon known as confirmation bias. Right. So we're not going to talk about it in theoretical terms, Matt. Confirmation bias is pretty well known, I'd imagine, to most of our listeners. Yeah. And if, look, if you need any more background information, go and read Wikipedia. It's a pretty good summary of the psychodynamics of it. So we're not yep. doing that today. We are giving a real world example of how it applies. Yeah. You, you, don't, you can't give manifests. us a, a potted definition, Lock, one sentence summary. That people's prior experience will lead them to expect certain outcomes. Confirmation yep. bias is taking, you know, data that's out there and forming information that uh, conforms to that prior experience and your expectations. So the your uh, inferences from that information are all somewhat determined by your pre- previous experience. Cool. 
Yeah. Thank you. Um, I th- can I add a couple of things? I know I'm not the, the psycholo- psychology expert here, mm-hmm. but two things um, in my very scant research in confirmation bias that I think are strongly connected to the conspiracy element. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, the effect is stronger for emotionally charged issues and for deeply entrenched beliefs. Definitely, yep. Um, which I think is interesting because going back to Pizzagate, what could be a more emotionally charged is- issue than whether or not children are being hurt? Exactly. Yeah, um, it's an Im- immediate um, emotional response. You oh, can't it's avoid it. Yeah, it's visceral. As as yep. I know, because looking into it and not believing Pizzagate was distressing mm. for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess the deeply entrenched belief um, element is interesting because um, there's obviously a connection with conspiracy theories in your personal politics, mm-hmm. your worldview, and and I would argue as we get closer to QAnon, your religious faith plays a role. Okay. Um, so I, I just think that's it's that's worth mentioning as a detail. Okay, right. Um, one thing I didn't know if can if confirmation bias was a legitimate psychological concept mm. or something that people just talk about, like yeah. closure, like pop psych. Yeah, pop psych. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, in my scant research, um, I looked into one of the experiments that. Um, uh, pertains, that's not the word, that claims to prove it exists. Mm. Um, and apparently one was done by uh, Stanford University and people were given articles on capital punishment mm-hmm. to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was found that the group that had declared themselves as for capital punishment beforehand mm. and the group that had declared themselves against Mm. having read exactly the same material would later say they would not only not change their mind, they would say that the evidence which the researchers had tried to make neutral supported their side. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And they, they would use like similar bits of the evidence to support their view yep. and disregard others. Yeah. Um, which is not that exciting in and of itself. But it's exciting tonight because instead of Stanford University, a paper on capital punishment and people coming away with their original political opinions, we've got the Bohemian Grove, Alex Jones, and coming away <laughs> believing or not believing in the Illuminati. So but what are you doing, it, Matthew? You, it's you, a similar, you, similar situation. You're conducting a post hoc field experiment. You're going out of the lab and you're taking us into the field to show how confirmation bias works in reality and how it can lead to extremely different interpretations of is it whether it's unambiguous data or not yeah it's it's people coming to radically different conclusions about something pretty important and pretty yeah. central to what their their claim is about that event yeah yeah that's basically what i'm doing today um mm-hmm. i'm still trying to figure out whether i've been insulted when you said i was doing something post hoc but either <laughs> way i'm going to go out on a limb and say yeah yeah that's what i'm doing <laughs> Yeah. So uh, there's there's two major characters in mm-hmm. in tonight's drama, um, and the first and more notable perhaps is Mister Alex Jones. 
Yes. Um, who will be a household name in the States, I'm pretty sure, but for our listeners from elsewhere, may not be as familiar. So, um, mm. as always, I'm going to ask you what you know about him, Rob. Only uh, probably what I've heard through, say, you know, late night TV over there. They tend to take the piss out of him a bit. Yeah. Um, I said that I think it was The Daily Show did it originally. I think that's when he came to prominence was probably five, six years ago. Yep. And probably some Vox documentaries and stuff since then, sort of going behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just know that he's a, a media cult figure over there for the <laughs> alt-right, like one of the, the leading lights of the alt-right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, as I said of David Icke last week, he is a conspiracy theory giant. Yes, um, yeah. but a key, uh, concept in his content is the new world order, mm-hmm. which is a real historical concept. We'll probably look into later. Um, but when I, when he says it, I think he means the globalists, the elite, mm. the cabal, the Illuminati, you know, put in your enemy here. I think it's a blank right. space. Um, so he's a patriot. Like that's his main thing. He's like yeah, he's, just he's, pro-America pro yeah. and pro-American conservatism in like the reactionary sense. Like Oh, yeah, to... absolutely would yeah. consider himself a patriot. Um, often refers back to the Revolutionary War. Mm. Um, and so in a, one clip I watched so, was yeah. him and Piers Morgan. What a mm. duo. Mm. Um, back when Piers's flavor of the month was that he was uh, for gun control. Yeah, okay. And Alex Jones is strongly um, in favor of the Second Amendment, and mm. told Piers Morgan, "1776 will will start again if the British mm. try to take our guns," <laughs> um, which is <laughs> unusual. Unusual yeah. television. Yeah. But yeah, um, I was on his I was on his website this week. Um, I saw a lot of stuff about false flag operations. Does that mean yeah, anything? Okay. Um, which of which he claims nine eleven was, mm-hmm. and how these are used to limit rights such as gun control, and potentially enslave and reduce the population. Okay. Um, there was a lot of COVID stuff on Infowars this week, mm-hmm. unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, a lot of cultural uh, paranoia. Yeah. Or is it? Oh, yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have time to debunk. Cultural um, fear, yeah. Yeah, I, but I have to say uh, he, he joins the increasingly growing list of media I didn't enjoy being exposed to. Yeah. Um, Infowars and the the feed and everything, It's I found it unpleasant. Angry, fearful, hateful. So I can't You're imagine what it's now, like but to... You, but you have said offline that you haven't found him to be as bad as what you read on 4chan. So there's, along the spectrum, it's distasteful, but it's not as bad as, or have you, digged fur, have you dug further and found um, more distaste at deeper layers? Yeah, Alex Jones is, I think, is deeply complicated as a media yeah. figure that, that mm. you want to categorise morally. Um, mm. But his... The media he produces, I have no problem saying I don't like watching it yeah. because it's extremely yelly, um, f- fearful, hateful, but in your words, paranoid. And also a couple, might- of the, a couple of the claims he made about COVID, 
it didn't take long for me to figure out they were inaccurate when I looked yeah. into them myself. So that's we we should play a clip territory. at this point to give people a bit of a, a flavour of the Alex Jones style. Absolutely, so let's, yeah. Let's, so um, so introduce the clip. The the ultimate clip I think is one that became a meme, um, and it's a 2015 upload to his YouTube channel which had uh, a billion views in 2017, according to Vice. Um, And this clip was claiming that the US government were testing weapons on the population to encourage same-sex attraction in Mm. order to limit population growth. Okay, here it is. Now, there it is, the gay bomb. Look it up for yourself. I mean, this is what they're... What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. And I'm not saying people didn't naturally have homosexual feelings. I'm not even getting into it, quite frankly. I mean, give me a break. You think I am like, oh, shocked by it, so I'm up here bashing it because I don't like gay people. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? Serious crap. I'm sick of being social engineered. It's not funny. So what do you think of Mr. Jones's claim? Or not um, the claim. We're not debunking the gay bomb, but what's your impression of, of his view or message? I feel like he's just making things up as he goes, that it's a stream of consciousness and he's got little bits of information that he's yeah. sort of trawled up and they just get spewed out at random. He's like a random fact generator. Yes. And just mashes them all together. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So um. One one thing I saw from from the brief time I spent on his website is this this is not a great standard of evidence. So when he talks mm. about the gay bomb, he's got a Wikipedia page up. Oh, great! Um, awesome. So apparently the the gay bomb was a, a real project, but mm. even reading the page he's got will show you it was never approved because it's a silly idea. Yeah. Um, anything else? It's just the tone. Really, it's just the tone yeah. of the guy. Yeah. yeah. It's it's, it's extreme. I mean, even yeah. even in Australian media, we have some, some angry shock jocks. Mm. I don't think we've got anyone approaching the testosterone fueled hysteria of Alex Jones. Not no, that he I sounds like he's on he, he sounds like Roid Rage turned into a show. Really. Yes. Yeah, well, he's in pretty decent shape for a man his age. And he's often says, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm a bit sore. I worked out this morning. I, yeah, yeah. Don't want to make un, you know, unsubstantiated accusations, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he, sure. he, fit, he, fit, he fits <laughs> the the profile of someone who's who's write it up. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure. Our first our first appeal to Patreon could be to support legal fees as of this episode. But hey, I'm <laughs> I'm down. Allegedly, um, allegedly, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I think um, as a meme. That's mm. quite illuminating to Alex Jones's character, because mm. I think that my understanding is that in America he's he's a sort of clownish figure, yeah, um, for making claims like <laughs> that frogs are turning gay from from chemicals in the tap water, um, but I think it's interesting that in this quote, um, he says he's not homophobic. Mm. But the idea he's espousing is actually deeply homophobic. Yeah. That that our culture is being degenerated by same-sex mm. attraction. That's actually and pretty nasty. If, 
Yeah, even if he says that's an that's not an undesirable outcome, it's still the fact that he's made that the topic, that that's the thing at the top of mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, government government abuse of the water supply is also <laughs> yeah, ugly yeah. A, a topic. But, yeah, it's the, but, it's the pairing. Yeah, but yeah. you're right. It's it's the pairing. Yeah, he's mm. he's associated. Um, sort of like a weird gay agenda plus fluoridization yeah. plus chemtrails nasty pie. Um, yeah. yeah. But but I think it's it's worth noting um, as we get into not mocking but enjoying Alex Jones this episode that he's funny but he's also pretty nasty, I yeah. think. I okay, think. so that that's Alex Jones. Do we need any more background? It sounds like we've got him pretty well fleshed out. We've yeah, heard, we've we've heard the uh, <laughs> the silky tones. Yep. Can Do I say one move? more one more thing? Yeah. Um, I just want to mention um, t- as an example of the nastiness. Um, mm. He claimed that well, one of the false flags operations that that he most notoriously brought up was that the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in 2012. Do you remember this? Mm, yeah. 20 children and six adult staff killed in a, mm. in a shooting at a school mm. um, was actually a government operation and that the parents of deceased children you saw in the media were actors. Yeah, it was a hoax. Yeah, yeah it was a hoax, mm. um, which led to them being harassed and they later sued. Yeah. so Successfully sued? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been success, successfully sued a number of times. Um right. I think he was one of the people that had to take Pizzagate stuff down. Right. So Alan um, Jones and Alex Jones have a lot in common. If if Alan Jones was maybe 30 years younger, the Australian radio shock jock, he would probably be <laughs> Alex Jones-esque. He would probably have that yeah, tone rather than yeah, my feeling more, was more that, moderate or mild tone. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Jones was was maybe our closest analogue, but I just don't think he's is he's as far out. Um so we're talking about Alex Jones because he rose to fame from investigating the Bohemian Grove. Here we go. He was relatively unknown before an a documentary where he infiltrated the grove. Yeah, came away with video that I find quite um, compelling, clear, mm-hmm. yeah. um, accurate. I wouldn't say it's it's fake or whatever. Um, and what is interesting from my perspective is not only did he come away from a site strongly associated with conspiracy theories with some evidence, mm-hmm. but also that his experience there is um, substantiated or backed up by another account from a BBC journalist called John Ronson. Right. So Alex has done actual in investigative journalism. Oh, <laughs> so He's attempted I, to. He's not just sat behind a microphone. He's actually gone out into the field. I've seen him do other sort of field trips more recently as well. Yeah. Where he's, where he's a, an actor, not just a commentator. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> I'm not sure it doesn't fit my definition of journalism. Right, okay. Because it's more like the kind of what you see in the media where you confront someone. 
Oh, okay, right. And you're, you're Chaser expecting. style. Yeah, right. yeah. So, yeah. so he's if, a clown. It's the spoof. If recording harassment is journalism, yes, he does. Yeah. He does journalism. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's like paparazzi um, for, with words. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> um, as for the connection to the BBC, um, John Ronson, have you are you familiar with John Ronson? No. So he wrote Men Who Stare at Goats. Okay. Yep. Um, right. And the account I'm going to draw heavily on for this episode is from them, Adventures with Extremists. Right. Okay. Where is that a book he, or a film? It's a book. Right. Um, he's a self-described journalist, um, documentary maker, and humorist, which I think mm. is important to note because I think his his account is it's not rubbish. But I think he's tweaked some of the details for comic effect, perhaps. Right, okay. Yep. Um, so bear that in mind. Yeah. Um, a little bit of embellishment or highlighting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps. Okay. Um, yep. But not too much because, as I said, um, Alex Jones was filming a lot of this as well. Mm-hmm. And the footage he came away with that I watched, it lines up very easily with John Ronson's account. So it can't be total garbage. So I dare say, Matthew, we're going to be linking to that footage. So yes. the primary source will be available in the show notes. Yeah. Um, the footage from the Bohemian Grove is really long. He came away with about half an hour of, mm-hmm. of hidden camera footage. And it's mm-hmm. part of a documentary where he makes a lot of claims about Moloch and occult worship that I don't think are borne out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the link in the description is not a recommendation. But, yeah, check right. it out for yourself. Okay. Yeah. Curiosity. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, John Ronson and, and Alex Jones have got this plan. They're going to infiltrate the Grove. They're doing it together. They're collaborating. Doing it together. Yeah. Yep. Um, How do they I th- know each other? Uh, I think John Ronson had contacted him to be one of the extremists for his book. <laughs> so right. he, or- he also talked to David Icke, weirdly. Um, right. And to a militant Islamist in the UK. Okay. Right. So um, Alex Jones had a profile within the conspiracy community. Within he was. That isolated community. And then he broke out into sort of mainstream fame as a result of this. Okay. Yes. That's that's my, my understanding. He was an okay. up and comer. I think he had a local radio show, I believe, in Houston. 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 Yep. Houston. Um, but what really broke him, mm. not in, not emotionally, what, what was <laughs> his breakthrough yeah. was yeah. this evidence that he'd gotten from the Bohemian Grove, which conspiracy thinkers were already mm. very aware of. Mm-hmm. So from okay. my understanding, so this, this is, is a seminal event. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So, um, Alex Jones and John Ronson decide they're going to infiltrate the mm. Bohemian Grove, mm. and witness the cremation of care ceremony, mm-hmm. which, if you'll remember, is the climax, I would say, yeah. Yeah. of the ritualistic stuff around Bohemian Grove. It's the part where the hooded torch-bearing figures burn a human-shaped effigy yep, and recite phrases, some would yep. say prayers, to the yeah. giant owl mm-hmm. that David Icke and, and Alex Jones connect to Moloch, but I don't. Okay. 
Um, to do this, they enlist the help of an um, activist, a local anti-Bohemian Grove activist mm. who's the founding member of the Bohemian Grove Action Network. Action Network, wow. Yeah. And they're still around. I was on their Facebook page. It was nice. What's their main objection? Um, in her words, the Bohemian Grove, the sorry, the Bohemian Club was chosen as a target in order to illustrate the connections between social issues such as sexism, racism, nuclear power, and war by exposing mm. the men who profit from other people's suffering. Aha, uh-huh, right. So they're looking at sort of the the conspiratorial nature of it in really the. Yeah, yeah, but but um, their version of the conspiracy is pretty close to mine. These these are very powerful men with a thoroughly demented worldview, um, and they prosecute needless and harmful wars, and a lot of that comes back to their sexism and racism, right? Um, and, and capitalism that they're, they're they're profiting. Yeah, 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 yeah. They and they profit. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've I've got stuff to say on that. At the end, so maybe I've gotten ahead of myself. But I think it's okay. it's interesting um, the bizarre alliance between this um, kind of hippie-ish lady, but but mm. but an activist and and mm. very thoughtful, and Alex Jones, the far right shock jock. They're strange bedfellows. Yeah, the strange um, alliances and in the fringes. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're gonna um, with her assistance. And the assistance of one of her confreres, whose name is Rick, mm. um, they're going to infiltrate the Grove and try to pass as attendees. They're <laughs> yes. going to blend in with the, the elites. Um, <laughs> so there's this great scene where um, Alex Jones is, is thinking hard about how to do it with his um, partner, Mike, who I believe is the producer. Mm. Um, and they go out to buy clothes to help them blend in. <laughs> so John John Ronson describes this. It's it's a long quote, but I like it. Um the visual transformation was astounding. They no longer looked like highly strung Texan right wingers. Now they were the very picture of Ivy League graduates, the East Coast elite. In sport shirts and khaki trousers, cashmere sweaters draped with carefree abandon over their shoulders. Back at the motel, Alex and Mike practiced being preppy. Um, by wandering up and down the corridor in a preppy fashion, their hands in their pockets, a slightly effeminate lift to their gait. Mm. What do you think, Alex said to me? Are you sure you don't look too preppy? I said. I need a prop to stand my ha- to stop my hands from shaking, said Mike. Mike is the producer. Mineral water, said Alex. They drink <laughs> mineral water. <laughs> I, just, I just love it. I just love yeah. the under- undercover preppy. Um, (laughs) so, um, then we get into what I would, what, um, I think is most interesting maybe is the differing accounts. Mm -hmm. So, so John Ronson, I would say is about, but hang on, hang on, go go back a step. They they, they get in, they successfully get in, they pass just by looking a little bit preppy. Yeah. Yeah. So they, (laughs) they have some hilarious misadventures, um, Mm. but they, I think at this point, the Bohemian Grove is more like a secret location with one lax security guard. Right. So they sort of bluff their way in. Okay. Um, Blag. 
I love the yeah. word blag. They, they blag. blag their way in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll pick up with them prior to the cremation of care ritual, but just wandering around feeling the vibe. Okay. So um, they've been there all night at this point? Or oh, been trying to get in? Oh, that's all a night? good question. Um, John Ronson, I think, is there for a day. Mm. And Alex Jones is there for a bit longer. Um, and who's there? Have, who have they come across? Do they they don't. People? They don't come across anyone that notable that they talk about. Right. Um, so um, they the John Ronson, the BBC journalist, and his offsider Rick, who's a friend of the Bohemian Grove Action Network, um, they're having a great time at the Grove. Mm. Um, and Ronson, like other j- journalists I've read who are more mainstream, who've managed to infiltrate, they enjoy being mixing and mingling with powerful people. Mm. Um, so they have a very positive experience. Um, but then they run into Alex and Mike and the difference in how they're experiencing this is quite remarkable. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll quote from Ronson's account. Um, Hi, you two, I said. Don't go that way, hissed Alex. There are cameras in the trees. There are owls everywhere, hissed Mike, his <laughs> eyes wide with terror. Just keep walking, said Alex. Just keep walking. <laughs> and before I could say another word to them, they had gone. Hmm, I said. They seem to be trapped in some sort of paranoid state, said Rick, breezily. Breezily. <laughs> so, yeah, breezily. So, yeah, they're, un- they're unfazed. Even the anti-Bohemian Grove dude, Rick... Is is quite chill. He's just vibing <laughs> at Bohemian Grave, and <laughs> and Alex Jones and Mike are already thoroughly pe- panicking. They're already peeking out, so they're trying to maintain a <laughs> yeah. cool yeah. while peeking out. Well, they're yeah, yeah. but trying oh, to trying dear. to stay as calm as those around them and not break their cover. I suppose they just look like they've had too much cocaine. That's probably how they came across. They go, just stay clear hey. of those guys. They're they've gone a bit too preppy. Yeah. They've, they've gone yeah. to grade one. They're so preppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? Um, they look spiritually, spiritually bereft and in a high state of drug anxiety. So yeah. help them. Help them blend in. Yeah. Um, they can probably cut a deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's that's one part I didn't mention because the quote was, was getting a bit long, but they practice a conversation about microprocessors and when to invest. And stuff yeah. that they're going to perform in front of everybody. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you can't doubt their commitment, though. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you just have to hear Alex Jones's voice, and you know that guy is committed to whatever he's doing at any yeah. point in time. Very, very committed. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if it's to harassing parents who've lost a child. But hey. Mm. Um. Okay. So. Um. Then. Um. I'll pick up with Alex Jones witnessing the cremation of care. Mm. Um, which he films from a, a hidden camera. And um, as I mentioned before, um, I find the, the footage pretty compelling as evidence mm. that, that weirdness happens there. So he shows the procession of robed figures carrying torches. Um, he shows this p- bizarre p- uh, performance and he even films the burning of a hum- human-shaped effigy. Mm-hmm. Um, watching this, I had trouble making it all the way through because I found it extremely boring. Boring, yeah. 
It's like, like a bad church service in the woods. Oh, absolutely. Or, mm. or I mean, it doesn't even have the the spiritual power of of a church service. Or if you went to mosque with someone or something, mm. it's more like you've stayed too long at the RSL. <laughs> oh dear. And and the old hundred years too long. <laughs> and the old dudes are doing something that's really important to them, but oh. you have no idea. You just want to go home and watch Parks and Rec. Oh, it's that dear. kind of feeling. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the the cremation of care, which I was pretty excited to see. Mm. Um, let down. And yeah, it was a let. I could have been convinced that that George Bush and his buddies were worshiping the devil in the forest. Um, but instead, what I saw is more like Shakespeare in the Park, bad Shakespeare in the Park, <laughs> including a musical number. There's a song in the middle of it. Is this the same song every year, or do they have a guest musician? <laughs> yes. Yes, the same the, song. Yeah, the, the ritual hasn't changed since its founding. So actually, some well, of like it's Woody, a, Woody Guthrie or Woody Guthrie's ghost comes out and plays a, a guitar <laughs> tune or something. No. Oh, better than that, respected All American Walter Cronkite mm. used to be the voice of the owl. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> he provided the changed, voice of yeah. the forty foot owl. How Walter deep Cronkite. <laughs> Walter Cronkite. Revered even in Australia. He was wow. the voice of the owl. Silky owl. Um, it's a silky voice. Yeah. I actually don't know what Walter Cronkite sounds like, but mm. hey. Um, but um, Alex Jones's experience is quite different to mine. Um, and he sees all this as the evidence he's looking for. Mm. Nothing is disappointing. Nothing rings hollow. And he, there's even a moment he's talking to the, he's talking over the footage and he says, they are burning the effigy of a human or it could be real. Or it could be real. Okay. Yeah. So. That, sorry, that's Alex Jones said it, or it could be real. Or it could be real. Okay. So that's so that, a big. That's, that's got to be a key statement. I know you've pulled it out, but that, that could has got to be a pivot point. Surely. Yeah, so so I think that one you can pretty easily debunk. I mean, yep. I don't like the attendees of the Bohemian Grove, but mm. I don't think 500 of them would consent to witnessing a public murder. Yep. Um, there's sound effects, so you hear screams, but I think it's pretty obvious they're part of the show. There have been other sound effects up till that point in the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, and the effigy that he says, quote-unquote, could be real... He'd earlier filmed the effigy that they bring out. Okay. And it's a dummy. So he just gets excited or says mistruths consciously. I don't know, but. Yeah. So there's a a clear point of divergence at whether something could be real or not. Absolutely. This is where the contest begins, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we've been building to it already because John Ronson's having a lovely time with some movies and shakers mm. and Alex Jones is, is in a paranoid state. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I totally agree. This could be real stuff is the real departure where they've stopped witnessing the same reality. So the, the cynic in me thinks, well, Alex Jones is just a grifter. He actually right. went there to get this footage so that he could say and could make that could statement 
<laughs> right. Basically, he, he could, you know, drive the wedge between reality and what he knows to be true and what he says. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, the, that, that's the cynic, that he doesn't believe yeah, anything yeah, yeah. that he says. He's just yeah. a performer. He's just a clown. I, I guess having watched it, I, I partially agree. Because mm. um, if you hear his voice, it's quite breathless. Yeah. I think he's so amped up that he stopped editing himself. Yeah. Standards for evidence in broadcasting are mm. right out the window in his yeah. paranoid and excitable state. Mm. Um, but I also think at this point he's so ambitious and driven to succeed that unconsciously you can't separate those motives from the way he presents the facts. Not if he knows that this is his opportunity to make it. Like yeah, he couldn't really exploit this to yeah. get some more followers, get some likes, yeah. get out of his local Houston radio show and go national, go I international. So. I'm getting international attention now. This is my break. This is my yeah. chance. I've got to take yeah. it. The case but, could be made. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, a- interestingly, I I didn't expect this in a million years, but when I tuned into Infowars to research this episode, mm. and he came on to ask for donations or membership or whatever. Mm. He said, um, we've got a lot planned. We're going to go back to the Grove. <laughs> he's still, he's still yeah, doing so, it. Yeah, he's so this is obviously for him still a great victory. This is, this an is like Trump's election. He's going to be bemoaning the rigged election. He's going to be going back to the Grove for his entire <laughs> life. Well, you know, I've said he came away with what I regard as weak evidence, so I challenge mm. him to go back. And, and find some stronger evidence. If, I mean, the I'll change my mind he if he time. comes back with a body. I'm yeah. not going to argue with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. that's that's the trip to the Grove. Um, I, I guess the, the final thing to say uh, in support of my um, supposition that this is an excellent example of confirmation bias mm. is the immediate response from Jones and Ronson to the same events that they both witnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ronson, a quote from Ronson's account is, my lasting impression was one of all pervading, was of an all pervading sense of immaturity. Right. The Elvis impersonators, the cod pagan spooky rituals, the heavy drinking, these people might have reached the apex of their professions, but emotionally they seem trapped in their college years. Yep. Okay. Don- Which... Donald Trump as a ritual. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think you and I are maybe on the same page as, as Ronson at, at this point. Hmm. About That's how he's characterizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alex Jones, on the other hand, um, felt that his... Um, initial suspicions about the occult nature of the elite were utterly proven. So Mm. the end of his documentary is him outside the governor's mansion in Austin, Texas, um, claiming George Bush is inside, um, dressed. He's got someone with him dressed in the, in what he says is a facsimile of the robes. Mm. Um, And he's shouting through a megaphone. George Bush is nothing but a Luciferian twit, a Luciferian (laughs) devil worshiper. Um, and a little foreshadowing of QAnon, you may think you can feed on the human population, but we say no to you. Right, okay. So this is all filmed, he's all broad, He's broadcasting all of this. Did he get arrested yeah, this or did he get moved on? No, he's, I think he's, no. he's safely on the opposite side of the street and I okay. assumed he, he wasn't dumb enough to be so close that 
yeah. the Secret Service would move him on or something. Mm. Um, yeah. So that is my account of the Grove infiltration. There you go. That's a seminal yeah. event in uh, Alex Jones's history. Yeah. And his future and present. <laughs> oh, yeah. Continuous. Yeah. And he still alive. And, and I have to say, um, I didn't buy his claims about occult ritual and the growth. Mm. I thought that was all quite tenuous. Yeah. Um, especially as someone who'd forced themselves to become an expert in Near Eastern ancient religion for mm. the prior part of the day. Um, but it wasn't a bad documentary. It wasn't unentertaining compared yeah. with what I saw in Info Infowars. I didn't, I didn't loathe watching it. Okay. Um, yeah. Was John Ronson showed confirmation bias? Do you think? Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, so he he is not a, a total skeptic um, when it comes to conspiracy theories. That's um, why he's writing the book. Yeah, I think he's you know. I, yeah, I, I think he's he's a lot like me. You know, yeah. conspiracy curious, but mm. but will take quite a lot of convincing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think um, maybe a good way to sum up what he comes away with, he doesn't focus so much on the occult, but that the connected belief that Bohemian Grove is the place where world domination is planned for the next year, every mm -hmm. year. Mm. Um, and another group that's associated with that is the Bilderberg group. Bilderberg. Yeah. So, so again, this is a real thing. Mm. Um, I think it's about uh, European and American business cooperation. Yeah, okay. But it's been inflated as a possible candidate for them who <laughs> control the world. Yeah, okay. Um, and Ronson actually managed to meet a former member and asked that person, I think it's a he, it's a he, um, what he thought about their account of the Bohemian growth. Mm-hmm. And I think the quote is quite interesting. Um, he calls this person his deep throat um, <laughs> right. in a reference to, to the Watergate stuff. Yeah. Uh, he says, let's face it, my deep throat had said to me, nobody rules the world anymore. The markets rule the world. Mm. Maybe that's why your conspiracy theories make up for all those crazy things because the truth is so much more frightening. Nobody rules the world. Nobody controls anything. Okay, so the conspiracy theories are filling the void. Yeah, we yeah as, we, as we intimated last week. Yeah. So the the bias that we're confirming is that somebody is in charge, but nobody's in charge. Yeah. So Alex Jones is operating in an outmoded, outdated mode of belief. He's yeah. Well, I, th desperately I think it's interesting seeking to conform to confirm. The, the deep throat says nobody rules the world anymore. Anymore. <laughs> Strongly implying that yes, this <laughs> is did. how we used to do things and yeah. would continue if it wasn't practically too difficult. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I agree. Um, Alex Jones has al already the deeply held belief that a small, hostile, sin sinister group 
control mm. everything, even school shootings, and, and came away with that support. But the irony from that statement from Deep Throat is the implication if uh, the Grove is where those meetings were held for the sinister group who used to rule the world, yeah. they're American. They're, they're mostly American or they're on American soil. That's where they meet every year and create their control or reaffirm or um, you know, solidify their control. And if that's yeah. gone, if the... The ritual's gone and America's influence is gone, then that's what he's bemoaning and trying to reconfirm through his bias. Like, no, we've got to find out how America is still in control. How is yeah. America still in control? Yeah, they are, look, this... they're, they're demonically in control, but they're in control. Because the quote sounds almost like a lament. Yes. Yeah. That wouldn't it be great if, if someone was in control like they used to be? Make America um, great again. Yeah, make America <laughs> control the world again. Yeah. Um, make Bohemian Grove great again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I guess it, this is your ultimate takeaway, Matt. That it's uh, um, it's a it's a movement gone stale, gone become irrelevant. Yeah, I think looking for the only attention it can get is from the fringes now. Yeah, I th- I think that's that's one takeaway. Um like I mentioned to you um in the previous episode that uh if you did believe a small sinister group was controlling the world and meeting once a year to do it, mm. um something like the I think it's called the Sun Valley Retreat. Yeah. Would be a better candidate now. Yep. Um where social media giants and the CEO of Netflix yep. meet up. Um so yeah, it, it's losing relevance. But I don't know. I've got I've got two big takeaways, mm-hmm. um, and we we haven't talked about the occult much this week, so I might save one for future future dissection. Okay. Um, so I guess my my big takeaway for this week is I don't think Bohemian Grove is controlling the world, but neither do I think is harmless. Okay. So you think um, it's still influential behind the scenes? No, I think it's a toxic environment. Okay. And it's it's a good representation of the kind of toxic entitled masculinity that causes problems in real world mainstream politics. The Bohemian Grove is just Andrew Cuomo or or Canberra writ mm. large. I'm clutching at straws. I'm I'm trying to think of my takeaway for this, other than confirmation bias and what you've laid out there. What do I take? What? How do I think this actually influences outside of its own little microcosm? Yeah. What, what influence could it have? What other trails could it leave? And yeah, it's it's interesting that you've brought a real conspiracy to this podcast, which <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. You know, meant to be about other people's conspiracy mindedness, and all it's done well, is I'm... really in- encouraged my own, which is probably the theme of the show. Really, it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is how yeah, easy I it mean... is to be become uh, 
slanted in this way and start looking for motives or hidden or thinking about mm. things that are possible because yeah. there's some weird, weird stuff out there. Yeah. There's weird data points to put together and you've got to make sense of them somehow. Yeah. So yeah. Well, you've got well, to clutch I... all of a sudden. You've, you've watched a YouTube video yeah. and this sort of shakes up your worldview. It's like, even last week, I had that experience. You put forward mm. the um, the facts about the, the Grove, and I thought yep. you were joking, or I thought you were saying, "What do other people believe?" Yeah. So there's a bit of, you know, there's a there's a recoil from that. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Bohemian Grove is a. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if, if there are any Q believers or deep state opponents listening out there, I I hate to recommend the Bohemian <laughs> Grove as an entry point for the skeptical. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think we both had the experience that this was something I would never have believed before. Mm. I expected to debunk it and and couldn't debunk the weirdness of it. Yeah. Um, and also when I presented it to you and you seemed not to believe me, mm. I felt the kind of frustration <laughs> of the pilled because <laughs> I knew it was true yeah. and you denied it. <laughs> So, you know, it's lucky it is, in fact, verifiable and you came around because imagine yeah. Christmas otherwise. <laughs> so we're, we we're, we're, we're not just, this is not a literary exercise. This isn't just journalism from the let's let's read something, research it and present it back. This is an experience. This is a bit of a journey in its own right. It's, it's gonzo going debunking. Through, hey? It's gonzo debunking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is this is very much affecting the way I view the world, and that's got to be the point that well, we're trying yeah. to put across: that people I mean, encounter information that changes their their worldview, and, and how I do think they that, deal with it. That is absolutely valid and fair enough. Because mm. how can you criticize disinformation mm. unless you know what information is? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think conspiracy theory has really become a label that you apply to the unproven and people will automatically disregard it. Yeah. But theory well, means awaiting testing or evidence and the Bohemian Grove for me, the fact that it's weird and occult looking mm. stood up to investigation, not so much the other stuff. Yeah, it's not even that it's something that lacks evidence or is unproven. It's something that's not mm. mainstream knowledge. It's not It's not in the the circles of regular... Discussion. This is not dinner time yeah. conversation for a lot of people. Is the Bohemian Grove? So no. once you step out of that, it's not. It's not a taboo. It's not like we're talking about pedophilia, but it does feel like I'm on foreign territory here, and I need. Yeah. So I need to explain it somehow in order to feel. You know, get rid of the cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, cognitive dissonance is part of growth, I guess. Um, but we wouldn't be doing an honest job in, unless we were given a conspiracy theory and were able to accept it. Yes. Yep. So I think we've had we've had a fair enough trip to the Grove, a valid trip to the Grove. It's been a very good innings, Matthew. Thank you for taking us to it and for bringing us back out again. I'm not sure that we are out of it. I think that's now part of our worldview. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't fully emerged from the rabbit hole. <laughs> no. Well, or we've we've come out a different exit. Yes, yeah. I mean, I'm I I guess um, my attitude um, for the podcast is going down rabbit holes is is not something 
I don't think anyone should do. Mm. I just think you should do it safely and with adequate tools. Ah, I think that's that. That's our narrative arc for the yeah. podcast. It's about the consequences of not just the beliefs, but the new information that you're presented, how you react to it. That's what's at stake. Is yeah, is relationships and people's micro worlds, not the macro world out there. Their own yeah. relationships, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Which is very kumbaya, yeah. but I think we need to be uh, mindful that it's not, it, that's not in the fluffy, you know, don't um, don't insult anyone, don't offend anyone. We're not saying that. We're saying be I mindful be of real human connection. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Family. You, you, Family yeah. and friends. You, yeah. Um, yeah, you you wouldn't cave dive alone. <laughs> So don't go down <laughs> rabbit holes without a buddy either. Um, and don't I guess just this buddy is up a... with someone you meet down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I guess this is a strange example though because um, I could convince you of the Bohemian Grove, at least the aspect I believe, mm. which is that in fact elites in fact do meet there and play a weird dress up. Mm. I could convince you of that in five minutes. But... At the heart of real conspiracy theories like QAnon, mm. the stakes are much higher. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So, so how to negotiate that? I'm I'm not sure where we know how to do that yet. Mm. At least I don't. No, I think we need to do what we've been saying from the start. We need to do some of the um, psychoanalysis and yep. get our bearings. I think explain yep. the how and why this is all happening. Maybe yep. some of the some more of the general history, mm-hmm. uh, the socio demographics, the economics around it, and yeah, I think have a surer footing um, outside conspiracy land in yep. order to reflect back into it. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's where we're heading. I think that's almost like mid season. I think we've done two. Mm. We've done Pizza Gates one and two. We've done Moloch on the Groves one and two. Yep. That feels in like a nice place. Maybe next week we'll take a bit of a break from uh, going down the rabbit hole and just get some air and, like we say, get our get our footing um, on the psychological level and start explaining all the phenomena together. That 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 gives us somewhere to go, Matt. So thank you. Well yep. done. Absolutely. Thank you. I enjoyed my trip to Bohemian Grove. Thanks <laughs> yes, for joining me. Yeah, second trip. So everyone, thank <laughs> yeah. you for listening. Don't forget, if you have any comments, you can leave a leave something on our Facebook page. So just look for Informed Paranoia Podcast uh, on Facebook. We do have a website as well, but that's not open for comments at this point. Um, any specific call to action for people, Matt? Do you want? Yeah, I think I'm... Um... Given the nature of our topic so far, um, we have listeners in the States mm. and feel free to go on Facebook and tell me, tell us what we've got right and wrong. Yeah. Because we've talked a lot about old glory. No, wait, that's the flag. We've talked a lot about the US <laughs> and, and we're Australians. We don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, so let just, us know. We're just fanboys. So let us know yeah. if, we're, if we're fanboying right. Yeah. Alrighty, everyone. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Informed Paranoia podcast. See you later. Yes. Rabbit hole safely. Bye.